Hello and welcome to the Filmmaking Stuff Podcast, where you'll get insider tactics on how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, LA-based motion picture executive, Jason Brubaker. Hey, filmmakers, joining us today is Ron Newcomb. He's actually uh, one of these guys that embodies the whole how do I say it? Like the entire spirit philosophy of filmmaking stuff where we talk about making marketing and selling movies without the middleman. Ron does not live in Hollywood and yet he's been successful in consistently raising money and producing major, well, what I see is major backyard indie uh, feature films. And Ron, uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, Jason. I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm a big fan of filmmaking stuff. It's because you know, I do love it. It is part of my mantra and I'm one amongst fellow filmmaking stuff peers. So I appreciate you having me on. I know we've talked a while ago and, and since that time, I mean, it seems like every time you and I connect, the world has changed and the world of independent filmmaking has changed. And, you know, we've talked a little bit in the past about the prospect of you coming out to Hollywood and doing those types of deals. And yet, you know, we can safely say that things have evolved quite a bit yet again to where maybe that's not even necessary um, what does Hollywood mean to you these days? Yeah, you know, Hollywood really, at one point, it was a very specific geographical location. But I think since the indie world is really kind of um, taken over and the world has gotten a lot smaller, meaning international sales are now 60%, a lot of our return at this point, that Hollywood is more of a philosophy and style. And then, of course, we have Atlanta that's on the scene. And certainly we have um, Toronto and so forth. That Hollywood is about story making, story craft and filmmaking. And although I think it's good to have representation in the literal Hollywood structure so that you can have meetings and take meetings and so forth and have some type of representation there, I don't believe it's necessarily essential that you physically need to relocate there anymore. We live in a day and age where Skype and video conferencing has become much more acceptable as well. And so because of technology, options have increased for those of us living outside of Hollywood to be able to still influence and have our stories told. When you go out to prospective investors and you raise money and, and they kind of look at your pedigree and you're outside of Hollywood, does that create more of a perceived risk for that prospective investor? Or I guess another way to ask this is how, how would filmmakers outside of Hollywood mitigate risk? Yeah, you know, and that is a hard one because we are from the outside looking in traditional investors, particularly in film, see that and understand that. But you really need to go back to the basics of any investment. And so when I hear risk, and this is one of the top thresholds of the impediments of getting the capital you need, because money's not a problem, it's the problem. And it really goes down to the executive team, the distribution and the marketing. So the executive team, you got to be able to answer the question of legal, uh, financial responsibility, past and previous experiences that resulted in success, and being able to answer the question, are you or is your team, are they finishers? And then distribution, can you get it out to the masses and then maximize that return? And marketing is the big one, which is one of the things that I love that you really you know, take home is 
um, you know, your audience is not, is your business. <laughs> that is it. And can you get eyeballs on it? And this is a course where talent can still play a factor and come into play. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, one of the things that I talk about is if you can't get Brad Pitt, you should probably get that famed social media star. And if you can't get the famed social media star, uh, you should probably get that local newscaster from your hometown and adjust your budget accordingly. Because the goal here isn't necessarily to get $10 million for every feature film that you make if you don't necessarily need $10 million to tell the story and make it make solid business sense. And, and I know in a sense... I'm also uh, preaching to the choir because I feel like your past projects have really exemplified this. Yeah, you know, one of the things I knew for my first film, The Fellow's Hip, Rise of the Gamers, about a coming-of-age story, and they play a video game, and I got permission to use the Lord of the Rings online video game in my film right at the wow. zenith height of Lord of the Rings because I knew I wasn't going to be able to afford an A-lister and within that film, I also took your advice and hired a local um, news anchor at, that plays the principal in the film. And having that video game, that IP connected to my film certainly is what garnered me distribution. And indies, a lot of times we like to say, oh, the cast doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. And particularly in the genres I work in, which is fantasy and sci-fi, a lot of times it doesn't matter. And yet it does. Because if it's all about eyeballs, there's something like 60,000 films that'll get made worldwide in a year. How are you going to break through that noise? And it's, although it seems as though talent and cachet doesn't play as much of a factor in 2018, and yet it completely does because you have to break through the noise. And particularly in the area of talent is um, when you're looking through like a business plan or investments is it's the writer, the director, and then the actor. Most times we think of just the actor, but the trifecta is all three. So if you're coming into a project and you're saying, hey, I'm going to be the writer and the director, that's two out of the three you've already taken up. So you have to rely on that that talent. And so I do think trying to bring on, let's say, a B actor or someone that's uh, in television looking to get into features, if you're trying to do features, is a good possibility to be able to to do that. And, you know, actors want to work. They're not hiding. You can go on to simply IMDb Pro, find out who their managers are, and they want to be contacted. A lot of times it feels like they're over there and we're over here, but I have not found that to be the case. So, and With, with the local newscaster, how did that play out for you? I mean, I, I usually suggest that as, as an idea of, frankly, to get some media built into your film. Were you able to, to use it that way or, or what was your philosophy with that? Exactly right. I knew that I had to win my home team over. I started locally and went out broader. I was fortunate enough when I got the video game on board that that is an IP that translates well internationally. So we did well in Germany and France and the UK and so forth um, and uh, New Zealand and Australia. So that's exactly what I did. I brought that local news anchor on and parlayed that into the local hometown story. And we got several, not just one, several stories played off that. And that's when you can start to build that pedigree that you can start to list all your news affiliations that you were written up about. And that can then go to your distributor. That helps your distributor be able to tell the tale that this is a story and a film we're seeing and backing. And so that certainly helped us not only with getting eyeballs, but then securing distribution. Once you secure domestic distribution, it opens up the window and opportunity to international sales. So holistically, it definitely helped overall. 
And then when you contact these managers for these actors, what, what's your typical conversation like? You know, I go into it. I try to keep um, going to it with humility. I try to not pitch full story right out the gate. I try to inquire about availability. And I also, when I go to managers, I try not to just focus on one actor or agents. I, I try to say, hey, these are the parts that I have, these three to five parts that I think are robust and that actors would enjoy to play. Whom do you have available that might be interested in this? And I think when you invite them into the packaging process, they're much more apt to be like, you know what? I do have these two or three that are looking for stuff and th- they can start to help you package the deal. Are you able to gain some credibility or at least express your credibility because you have some features under your belt? And if so, if that's sort of the thing that helps you open the door, what what kind of advice would you suggest for independent filmmakers that haven't yet made their first film? Yeah, that is definitely something I think they look at is past performance. Are you a finisher? Can you get distribution? Um, did you self-distribute? All those things do play out. And this is certainly one of the things that I actually put together an event in 2018, January. I woke up and said, okay, what's my goals? And it was to level up my filmmaking career and whatever that might mean. And I found it to be in three areas, investors, producing partners, and then managers, agents, or development executives. And so I created an event called the VIP Film Summit in the Washington, D.C. metro area that I'm going to be doing on August 25th this year, basically from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. We're going to have panels in those three areas, and then 10 lucky filmmakers per panel are going to be able to get up and pitch their filmmaking ideas to these people. And the goal is, again, to level up, because if you're a new filmmaker, it's the chicken and the egg. It's how do I get experience if no one will let me get the experience? And so what you need to do is partner up with these producing partners or make relationships if you want to be a director, writer type with the managers and agents that have the proper relationships. And then you're not relying on your own pedigree. You're incorporated with them and they can help you all go together. And then the investors, of course, is if you want to get that feature under your belt, if you feel like you have the team that you can execute on, I brought that into the fold as well. So I'm super excited about that event. We have about 100 filmmaker, filmmakers coming and 15 VIPs that I'm flying in from New York, LA, and Atlanta. It's really going to be a premier event. And this is right in the Washington, D.C. area? In fact, it's uh, our main airport here is the Dulles International Airport. It's at the Dulles Marriott, a stone's throw away from the Marriott there uh, intentionally so that you could just take a quick flight in. And like I said, it's jam-packed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. I'm going to be extremely intentional about networking because that's the other thing. It's not just about the VIPs and garnering information they might have, but a lot of times it's looking to your left and to your right and seeing who's rowing as hard as you and partnering up with people at our peer level. That's the other thing because the goal should should be to keep the cameras rolling. Sustainable, Sustainable filmmaking can happen if we just work together. The studios want us to see that we're in conflict with each other, when in reality, indies can't create enough content to fulfill the masses. So if we work together, we can create a win-win for everybody, and that's my personal ambition. Well, as as you know, and most of our listeners know as well, I'm from the East Coast, so I grew up in Pennsylvania, 
And, you know, where I grew up in Pennsylvania, I would consider Washington, D.C. to be in my area. So anybody that's in Pennsylvania or Maryland or West Virginia or Virginia, um, probably even further away. I mean, getting into Dulles is pretty convenient. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I... I guess I'll say it was fun uh, last time I was back East and I was able to meet you face to face, Ron. I've always respected the work that you're doing and your mad dash hustle. Uh, and I think, you know, I think filmmakers, is, you know, even filmmakers in LA, but especially filmmakers uh, on the East Coast, I think they would benefit a lot from um, being able to come and, and, and network at your event and also have the uh, opportunity to say hi to you and maybe, uh, get a little bit of your wisdom. So uh, this is a fantastic event and um, I'll, I'll make sure that I, that I write a little blurb about it and share this podcast. But let me, let me also say too, for filmmaker listeners, Ron was nice enough to come up with a, with a little bit of a discount link. If you go to vipfilmsummit.com forward slash filmmaking stuff. And once again, vipfilmsummit.com forward slash filmmaking stuff. Uh, you'll, you'll get a little bit of a bump there just uh, for being a filmmaking stuff podcast listener. Um, Ron, before we wrap this up, you know, you're, you're always just, I, I'm always amazed by the, by your ability to just go out and continually produce projects. What, what is it that keeps you going? I mean, a lot of us, me included, some days you wake up and you're just like, ah, I got to go hustle again. Like, what is it that keeps you going, especially when you're feeling like the world's against you? Yeah, no, I hear here to that, man. I, I, I definitely can appreciate that. And not only that, I have a nine to five job that's outside of filmmaking. I'm married with four little girls. And so I don't want to miss out. That's an essential part of my life. But, you know, I do feel like it's a calling and I'm, I'm beyond passionate about it. You know, passion is one thing and that can kind of move with the winds and tides. But for me, it, I feel like it's a calling. So anytime I'm not out there trying to get that over the goal line, um, then I, I don't feel like I'm in my sweet spot. And I would encourage people, you know, you don't know if you're a filmmaker till you get out on set. And I find you're going to be exhausted at the end of it all, but it'll either be a good exhaustion and you know it's meant to be, or it's going to be a bad one and, and you could potentially find something else to, to work out to. If anything can stop you from being a filmmaker, it should. Um, because in the indie world, it's hard enough in the regular world. In the indie world, it's even a little bit harder. So you know, it is that tenacity to try to, I want to have a conversation in the storytelling world. Stories are essential part of our culture. It immortalizes you. And I just wanted to have a voice in that conversation. And there's many stories to be told. And I believe that we all have the ability to tell a tale. Awesome, Ron. Well, thanks for coming on here. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, man. Super excited about the event and meeting everybody. And hey, let's get them cameras rolling. Absolutely. And, and once again, for those of you that are listening and you're around the East Coast for the VIP Film Summit, head on over to VIPFilmSummit.com forward slash filmmaking stuff. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the Filmmaking Stuff podcast with Jason Brubaker. If you like our show and want to get more filmmaking info, make sure you check out filmmakingstuff.com and join us every week for new filmmaking tactics. Until next time, take action and make your movie now.